Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everybody who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash supports. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, October 25th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline 3.0, I'm Sarah Lane. And from Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And uh, I'm the show's producer somewhere in L.A. And your name is? Roger. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting the name. <laughs> That's really important. <laughs> Very important. Hey, folks. Yeah, unless, unless you're changing it. We're going to talk okay some too. We're going to talk some art today. Are you ready to talk art? Yes. Mm. Because we are yeah. art experts. Not. Mm-hmm. not art aficionados. Uh, but we're going to talk about art and AI and how it all ties together. I learned some things today. Hope you will too. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Xiaomi launched the Mi Mix 3 in Beijing Thursday with a magnetic slider to access the front-facing camera instead of a notch. It also has a 6.4-inch 1080p OLED screen and 6 to 8 gigs of RAM and 128 uh, gigs to 256 gigs of storage. However, there's also a Forbidden City Palace Museum Special Edition variant, which comes with 10 gigs of RAM and 256 gigabytes as well. The Mi Mix 3 will also come in a 5G version to launch in Q one next year, so says the company. The Mi Mix 3 goes on sale first in China on November 1st, with the Forbidden City model coming later next month. Does anyone else think the Forbidden City Palace Museum sounds like a whiteboard exercise where three people shouted ideas and they just wrote all of them down? <laughs> yeah, Forbidden City might have Palace been Museum. fine. Forbidden City, sure. That's yeah. the name. Done. Okay. Right. It sounds like they, they just took the Chinese versions of Apple's OS naming convention <laughs> slapped them all together. From Chinese history, yeah. Google Maps is now letting users follow their favorite businesses like restaurants, bars, or stores. By tracking a business, you'll get news from those places like upcoming events, special offers, and other updates right in the For You tab of Google Maps. Google also says businesses can use the Google Maps platform to start reaching potential customers before they open to the public. 
Oh, sorry. I was uh, distracted by Derek Silver showing pictures of breakfast sausages in our Discord. Amazon announced that third-party devices can now work with Alexa for Business, which lets users dial into conference calls, check business calendars, and look up info and tools like Salesforce. Uh, Amazon says it's working with Plantronics, iHome, BlackBerry, LinkPlay, and Xtron, among others, to bring voice assistant capability with a software update to those companies' devices, things like whiteboards and conference equipment. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about one person's reaction to Apple CEO's Beware the Data Industrial Complex speech that we talked about yesterday. We knew there would be rebuttals. In response to Apple CEO Tim Cook, who spoke out against data collection at a keynote speech during the International Conference of Data Protection and Privacy Commissioners Conference in Brussels on Wednesday, former Facebook chief security officer Alex Stamos tweeted that Apple needs to come clean about how it blocks ways to provide secure ways to access apps in China. Stamos said, quote, We don't want the media to create an incentive structure that ignores treating Chinese citizens as less deserving of privacy protections because a CEO is willing to badmouth the business model of their primary competitor who uses advertising to subsidize cheaper devices. So this is a former Facebooker Subtweeting, well, not subtweeting. Well, he wasn't really subtweeting. He was well, I mean, he did not reply, yeah, yeah. But, but, no, yeah. but it's but it's championing Google, right? I mean, not Google, mm. Google would be their primary competitor that subsidizes their product. If you read yeah. through the whole whole Google thread, though, the one, that's Google's not, just got in trouble for the hold, Chinese hold, thing. Hold, hold on, that is like one sideswipe at Apple. He doesn't really seem to be supporting Google here because he says, I agree with Tim Cook about the need for a privacy regulation. I agree with this stuff, but Apple shouldn't be let off the hook. I think he's more attacking Apple than defending Google. Oh, well, and we, we, we mentioned this yesterday when we were talking with Scott about Tim Cook's uh, uh, fiery words, as we called them, and that, sure, uh, it's easy for Apple to to say things like this, right? But it's also, as as Stamos is pointing out, you know, you're you're you are taking pot shots at your competitor. So this is not just because it's you know for the good of humanity. There's there there are business strategies in place here. Of course, I mean, but but they they have long taken the stance that uh, in a world where now the message of if it's free, you're the product. Apple has always said no, no, no. That's why we charge so much. We get our money up front, and and that's that. I think that these are legitimate, uh, legitimate questions to be raising about apple and their relationship with china uh but it is interesting it's interesting it's interesting to me where these lines are being drawn and where if you're gonna slam apple where are you going to do it and and do you hit them right in the hypocrisy as mr uh stamos stamos Stamos. yeah Uh, and and alex left facebook Maybe not on the friendliest of terms with Facebook. So that's another reason why I'm like, yeah, it's tempting to want to draw this as a Facebook and Google teaming up sort of thing. But I don't think that's it. I, I think it's more Stamos. I mean, what he does is he names and shames The Verge and The Washington Post and The New York Times uh, saying, none of you mentioned China in any of your stories. And to be fair, neither did we yesterday. We talked about how it's easy for Apple to criticize Google's privacy policy. But I think all of us sort of fall into the habit of saying, well, China's an entirely different situation. That's not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. That's saying that's a separate topic because you have a whole lot more going on there. But on the other hand, I think Alex Stamos is right, at least to call out and say, well, hold on, though. You know, Apple 
being so critical of everyone else and, and, and kind of setting themselves up as the paragon isn't exactly the paragon that, that they would like you to think if you look at China. And most tech companies aren't looking at China as something they need to resist. They're trying to cooperate and build in China. I'm not saying that's wrong of them, but it is a topic worth looking at and evaluating when it's regarding the rights of individuals and, and privacy, et cetera. The New York Times reports that Clorox paid uh, to license information from Kinsa, which sells internet connected thermometers that sync with an app to track fevers and symptoms. The Clorox, sh- uh, the data shows Clorox, which zip codes uh, from around the country had increases in fevers. Uh, in those areas, Clorox increased ads for products like its disinfecting wipes. Kinsa says that thermometers are in more than 500,000 American households and says its illness data contains no identifying personal information before being passed on to other companies. But critics like the Electronic Privacy Information Center says that though Kinsa appears to be using information in a privacy-compliant manner, federal regulation around how this type of consumer data is handled is needed. Yeah. This might be my from the editor's desk topic tomorrow. Uh, the, yes, we, we don't want to be targeted without transparency. But if, and I know there's ifs here, but if Clorox is aggregating the data and all they're doing is telling an advertiser, hey, if you want to advertise more where we think people are, are, are ill, we can tell you what zip codes they are. I'm not sure that that's a problem. It, 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 or Kinza, rather, you're saying. Rather well, than Clorox, because Clorox would be the advertiser. Right, right. No, you're right. If Kins is saying that to Clorox, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's an issue. Well, uh, I, I mean, we, we, there's, there, it's starting to be mission creep on, 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 on combating advertising targeting because there was overreach, but I don't think this is overreach. So look, uh, Kinza sells a, a, you know, a product that has an app, right? I'm assuming that in the EULA for that app, you are uh, uh, uploading data. Now, if, if the question is, should that be more clear to people? Should it be more upfront that your anonymized data is being sold? Probably. I but mean, I don't is it know personal if- data anymore if you say, we're getting a high number of people with high temperatures in this zip code? And, and it's not in any way, re- it's not even just anonymized. It's like not individualized. And maybe they were selling data, data that was more. It, it is. It is still your data, and I can understand where people should have the right to say whether or not they're doing it. And I assume they do. I'm not saying that Kins is doing anything wrong. I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. Where if, is it, Where is the end of the line, though? Where is it no longer personal data? If it's like personal data contributing to a pool that creates a separate data point, that's what I'm talking about. When it's your fever that they're generating, yeah, but they're the not data. targeting your but it's sort fever. Of, but Kins had- Kinza at no point is denying that this is happening. This is actually very transparent. Kinza is just saying, don't worry, there's not personal data being sold to a company like Clorox. It's not really, to me, I think where people get weird is because we're talking about healthcare, right? And and sure, Clorox is not, you know, the same thing as going to the doctor, but it's 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 personal data that's a little bit different than, hey, how many people in this zip code went and saw this movie? Yeah, this is no different than uh, Twitter saying, oh, we see a lot of people saying they're sick online uh, and and in this zip code. It's not infringing on their personal data there. It's no different than than, than logging the number of visits to a doctor's office. No, no. Again, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's bad. 
And 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 I we understand when we roll into Twitter that we are xing off a box that says that people are allowed to sell keywords and data and stuff like that. And I'm saying that Kinza has the right to do it, and you have the right to know, hey, when I'm using this and I'm syncing it with the app, that it is that there's going to be an element of this that they are going to use this totally anonymized version of this data to then make money. I'm fine with all that, but I do think that there's an element that we should know that that's that should be clear that that's the deal that we are making even if it's just another thing that we are checking off in a box. I think they did make that clear, though. I don't know. Again, 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 all I'm saying is that if if we are talking about further regulations, mm, right, that's, mm-hmm. that's what the uh, Electronic Privacy Information Center is saying, that there needs to be further regulations. That's the only thing that I could think of that you would ask for in terms of further regulating this pro- process. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Uh, in its triennial publication of exemptions to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, Carla D. Hayden, the current Librarian of Congress for the United States, on the recommendation of Karen A. Temple, the Acting Register of Copyrights and Director of the U.S. Copyright Office, included an exemption to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act for repairs and maintenance. The exemption applies to smartphones, tractors, cars, and home appliances and home systems like your you know, HVAC, your heater, your air conditioner, that lets a user break DRM for, and I quote, the maintenance of a device or system in order to make it work in accordance with its original specifications. Another change expanded the exemption for unlocking a used phone and tablet to apply to new phones and tablets. doesn't have to be used anymore. As well as an exemption for jailbreaking a device being expanded to include smart speakers. You now have the right to jailbreak your smart speaker. These rules go into effect in the United States on October 28th. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what else is there to say, it's, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a good update. It's a win for yeah. the right to repair that a lot of people didn't think was going to come and i'm i'm surprised with the blazing headlines that right to repair usually gets that this isn't being trumpeted all over the internet today it's almost like they didn't want to win they just wanted clicks mm, that seems like something that'll be in the five dollar friday <laughs> uh sources tell TechCrunch that facebook is building an app called lasso to let users record and share videos of themselves lip-syncing or dancing to licensed music. Oh boy! Yeah, it's if it sounds like musically or TikTok, which musically has been rolled into, that's because it is. One source says, "quote It's full screen, built for teens, fun and funny, and focused on creation." And quote The team developing it is under Facebook's principal lead product designer, Brandy Voss. App Annie ranks TikTok as the number five iPhone app. In the United States. Now, even though I sort of made a joke like, oh, this sounds like something I would use, which it probably isn't. I will say that and not just teenagers, because I don't follow a whole lot of teenagers on Instagram, if any. But a lot of folks who at least, you know, I've followed on Snapchat in the past and have moved on to Instagram stories do this exact thing. Uh, Many times it's in the car. You know, singing along to your favorite song, lip syncing and looking cute with a little, you know, filter on your face type thing. This is a real thing. A lot of people do this. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Facebook at one point, according to TechCrunch, looked at buying Musical.ly and may mm-hmm. have decided at the time it wasn't popular enough. But as TikTok, which is what Musical.ly has become, uh, is is rising in popularity, uh, Facebook has decided, well, since somebody in China bought Musical.ly, maybe we build our own. Which they will. And it will be less successful. And then it'll die. Uh, uh, this is the the circle of Facebook's 
cloning of, of apps. Sometimes it works, you know, sometimes it's, 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 uh, that they are adding a, a good feature to a product that obviously is very, very popular. Well, if you count Instagram, Facebook has some standalone apps that are pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Messenger is another. Fair. Um, certainly wasn't the first messaging app out there. But I know what you mean, Justin. Usually Facebook just says, well, let's just do exactly what the other guy is doing. And, and it doesn't work out for oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is part of the thing. This is what they do is they try to buy. If they can't buy it at the price they want, they try to build it. And either the app uh, does not do well uh, as, as, it, as the world moves along uh, and they're side product uh, does does whatever it will do. Facebook just has to make its own kind of music, sing its own special song. <laughs> oh boy, more more lip syncing and dancing. I like the dancing vids actually. Keep them coming. <laughs> Those are fun. But enough about Facebook, let's talk about Twitter. Twitter reported higher than expected earnings and revenue for the third quarter with earnings per share of 21 cents and revenue of $758 million. That's up 29% year over year. Advertising revenue in particular reached $650 million, also a yearly increase of 29%. So that's good news. It's the company's fourth straight profitable quarter. But monthly active users fell 1% year over year, the second quarter in a row that Twitter missed monthly active user estimates as well. User uh, Daily active users rose 9% on the year for the eighth straight quarter of daily active user growth. And Twitter chief financial officer Ned Siegel said a third of the people who see Twitter each day have never been on the platform before. So... I mean, yeah, the fall of the monthly active users, uh, Twitter has lots of explanations for, including GDPR yes. and getting rid of bots. Uh, the fact that their daily active users are growing, although they won't tell us how many they have yet. They're just giving percentages. Uh, I think means that the, the strategy is working. They're, they're making money and they're growing the number of people who visit Twitter. I, and, mm-hmm. and for a while, Twitter has realized it's not so much about participation. It's getting people to come to the platform at all. So coming to a third of the people who visit Twitter each day, which I assume does not mean you saw a tweet on uh, that was embedded somewhere. No, I think it does. I think it does. Oh, well, then that's I mean, that's a silly thing to say. I mean, you could see a tweet without trying. Yeah. Uh, Um, But that's okay if if that is allowing them to to make some revenue. And and you're and they they say, look, we need to be better at converting them into regular Twitter users so that they are mm-hmm. monthly active users. Then, yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's fine. I think Twitter's actually kind of on track right now. We'll see if it continues. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. Uh, obvious, a Paris-based collective of artists. Uh, has created a, you know what? Actually, I got screwed up here and I, I told the. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. 
With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Punchline to the joke before. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I, I, I looked at the wrong square. Thursday, Christie's sold a print on canvas titled Portrait of Edmund Bellamy for $432,000. The expected price was between seven dollars and $10,000. The work was created by a collective called Obvious, which is made up of three 25-year-old French students. So far, if I hadn't screwed it up, you'd be asking, why are you talking about this on DTNS? The students used a generative adversarial network to create the picture. It was trained on a data set of historical portraits until it could create its own. Now, there is controversy, though, about Obvious selling this on Christie's. They used open source code from AI artist Robbie Barrett. Uh, Hugo Cassel Dupree, the tech lead for Obvious, says, look, if you're just talking about the code, yeah, no, there's not a big percentage that has been modified. But if you talk about the work on the computer, there's a lot of effort here. However, other AI artists say that the works from Obvious don't appear much different if you just run Barrett's code without any modification at all. So they're a little critical of Obvious making all this money off it when other AI artists, which you may not have realized, have been toiling away uh, creating works of the same sort. In fact, German artist Mario Klingemann told The Verge, to me, this is dilettante's work, the equivalent of a five-year-old scribbling that only parents can appreciate. But I guess for people who have never seen something like this before, it might appear novel and different. One difference to note, though, is that Obvious isn't taking credit for the art, which a lot of times other AI artists do. In fact, the portrait is signed with part of the generative adversarial network's algorithm. Many AI artists think, though, that giving the credit to the algorithm creates a false impression that machine learning systems are more complex and autonomous than they actually are. Also, worth noting, Christie's approached obvious about the auction uh, because they kind of want to make a splash. Sotheby's over there with half-shredded Banksy works. Christie's got to do something, right? So... <laughs> couple of questions here is this art and who do you credit if it is congratulations congratulations ai artists you now have stepped to a level of discourse that only human made artwork could aspire to <laughs> that makes uh, it art right fighting right uh navel gazing uh, uh differences in in Just what is art and what isn't who deserves credit 
uh, uh, controversy, uh, words like dilettante being thrown around as a pejorative. (laughs) Welcome, AI. You are now truly artiste. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a totally perfect comparison. But what if in the music industry, a song uh, of which there are many that sampled lots of different original works of art was credited to the software program that allowed the 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 current artist to make this conglomerate song? I mean, Everyone would have a meltdown, or at least everybody in the music industry who cares about this sort of thing. So, if you can, if you could sort of compare it to something like that, I, I can see why crediting AI or an algorithm with artwork that without actually crediting the original artist, I, I, I don't even know how you would do that exactly. You know, it'd be too many signatures on 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 a, on a single print, but it is a little wonky, I, and I'm not sure that. Um, the 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 fellow who um, who who was who was critical of Claudius's tactic is mm. totally wrong in the sense. Yeah, oh, and yeah. and he's got a lot of friends who are on his side. If you read the Verge article about this, you, there are several other quotes from Barrett even being slight, slightly critical. They're they're torn. They like the fact that this has brought AI art as an endeavor higher up in the public consciousness. Uh, but they don't love the way obvious went about it. On the other hand, I'm like, this is an entirely new form of expression. Uh, I'm a hold off calling it art or not, but it isn't something where you can say there's a tool and there's an artist. Uh, it merges more. So the tool is the is the GAN, the Generative Adversarial Network, but it has more of an impact on the art than just a brush does. Look, I'm... I don't want to boil it down to just this, but I will. (laughs) I think that there's a lot. I don't know if these quotes would be quite as spicy if it weren't damn near half a million dollars uh, uh, on on the other end of it. I think that's that's part of this. If if, if I'm adding adding a little red hot chili pepper to the. uh, If if, if they sold that thing for $300 at the swap shop. Uh, it would not be as deal <laughs> as as them flipping it for for damn near half a mil. And they basically have they have sold. This is not the first AI made work to sell. It's yes. the first one to be auctioned by a major auction house. Yeah. No. If I if I were obvious, I would put my arm around my AI and say, "Don't worry, little buddy. They <laughs> hate us because they ain't us." Uh. I, it, it, I still am fascinated by this question of what is it? Is it art? I don't know if I like it, but it's art. Like, you know, like it's... Yeah, it's art. I I guess. It's, well, I mean, anything is art. It's, I, don't, I don't think we should be um, questioning whether or not this is art. It, it very much is art. But so is me, you know, drawing a line with a pencil. So, I mean... Anything, yeah, look, uh, uh, the, part of the reason why I'm sure this sold for what it sold for was because everybody gets the same reason why the person who got their Banksy half-shredded is thrilled <laughs> is because they now get the half-shredded Banksy. There's a story that goes along with it. There's headlines that go along with it. This sold for the number that it sold at because somebody's going to be able to hang this up on their wall and say, oh, you know, that was the first AI-created uh, thing sold for auction, and well, I bought it. And the, the other thing in The Verge points out like Marcel Duchamp made art called Ready Made that was essentially taking advantage of that kind of thing on purpose. And they're like, why didn't Obvious bill this as the first AI Ready Made, as the first Duchamp of AI? 
I, I think some of them are like, we would have felt a lot better. It's them sort of trying to build, build the, the, the AI as the artist that has some of the feathers ruffled as well. Man, everyone just, just the money. that Christie's came to obvious first. That they were just somebody, there's somebody who... You're saying Christie's came to the obvious conclusion. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and everyone else is really annoyed about it. <laughs> Uh, well, this is definitely one of those uh, situations that doesn't have an answer, and uh, we haven't covered all the potential angles on this. So uh, keep the conversation going. Send us an email. Ask to make your comments known on Patreon. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. There's there's other ways to interact, right, Sarah? Oh, that's true. We are all. Um, we're on. You screwed me up, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody who participates in our subreddit, look out for art stories and please vote on them and submit your own. As long as there's a tech angle at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you want to hang out on Facebook, that's cool too. Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/dailytechnewsshow. Let's check out the mailbag. Okay. Uh, Natron wrote in about our conversation yesterday about is Apple going to, 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 to limit its new TV service to Apple device owners, um, as has been rumored, but we don't know for sure. Uh, Natron says, one thing worth keeping in mind about Apple's TV shows, you might not have to buy the most expensive Apple device. They're just saying you have to own an Apple device. Wouldn't an Apple TV or a $150 iPhone 5 get people the shows? Even a used iPhone should work. Plus, if it gets people into the iOS ecosystem, that's still a plus for Apple. Yeah, but... I doubt it. If you can only also only watch it on that device, now it's limited your your abilities. Like, oh, I can't still can't watch it on my Roku, so now I have to buy an Apple TV and a phone. You know, it depends on where you want to watch things. A lot of people want to watch things in multiple places. I, or, I don't know. I suspect that this audience, the Daily Tech News Show audience will react to this in a way that will not be as big of a problem uh, for the wider, the wider tech community. I, I think I, that- I'm starting to be of the opinion that there's going to be a four pay version of this, maybe as part of Apple music for people who don't have iOS devices. Sure. Right. Yeah. right. And then the conversation becomes, Oh yeah, $10 a month. And then I mm-hmm. say, well, but I have an iPhone. Like, oh yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. Huh. And then it becomes a like, Oh, it's, it's just, then, then Natron's point becomes even more relevant, which is like, Oh, well then just buy the iPhone. And then, then you should be able to just use that login everywhere. That might help. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Christensen, the amateur traveler, not joining us with a segment today, but writing in an email saying, I like Sarah's idea about the smart fridge. We had mechanisms now to limit our kids' screen time. Maybe we should give them control over limiting our fridge time. I'm sorry. Your fridge access is locked out after 8 p.m. <laughs> or maybe allow access to the salad drawer, but not the ice cream drawer. Which, Chris, Ooh. you know that Ooh. just means we're going to yeah. keep ice this cream in the This is in reference to Scott Johnson saying he wishes his fridge would, would, would limit the things that, uh, that it lets him eat. Uh, and I said, well, what about a smart fridge? You know, where it's, it just doesn't let you buy things that you're not supposed to buy. But yeah, locking out, locking your kids out of the fridge. And the that ice fridge cream time drawer. report every month. <laughs> We're brutal. talking about which drawers got opened. Mm. The smart home has gotten very brutal. Yeah. Uh, what isn't brutal is having Justin Robert Young with us whenever he can join. It was two days this week, in fact. Justin, the- what else is going on with you? Because I know you're a traveling fool. All right. So 
Uh, obviously, we have a couple really big political things coming up. Uh, uh, midterms are right around the corner. You can keep up with every twist and turn of it with my free political newsletter. You can sign up for that at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Uh, I'm also doing a live show. If you are in the Bay Area, San Francisco, on election night, that is November 6th at 7 p.m. I'm doing a live show called Wave Watch, an election night extravaganza. We've got some of the craziest campaign ads of, of the year. We have a live decision desk. I guarantee you it will be a very, very, very fun show. You can get your tickets to that at bit.ly slash Wave And one more thing, I will be at TwitchCon along with my night attack brother, Brian Brushwood. Uh, we're doing a, a talk at 3 p.m., in the PJ Sugar Theater about why uh, we left Justin TV. We were chased off Justin TV when they switched to uh, a video game focus and why we wound up coming back to Twitch. Uh, it is it is kind of, in, in a lot of ways, the story of our little uh, nomadic independent existence uh, uh, and our, our travails through networks and, and going fully independent and why we're now back on that platform. I'm very proud of it. I think it's going to be a blast. It is this Saturday at TwitchCon, 3 p.m., called The Leftovers. Wait, that's an HBO show. Yeah, well, we're like that, except... Uh, Sometimes it's just stuff in your fridge. Yeah, it's also that. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, if you heard us allude to uh, my editor's desk audio column at the $5 level and you want to get that, there's one easy way to do it. Go to patreon.com slash DTNS. I just put up a column today, actually, uh, about uh, political interference and, and my opinions on it and what tech should do to properly combat it, which I don't think they're doing right now. Uh, so you can get that, uh, plus the audio column, plus all kinds of other benefits at patreon.com slash DTNS. Love and your feedback. Keep it coming. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We are live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. It's a roundtable episode tomorrow with Nicole Lee and Ashley Esqueda. Talk to you then. is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. 